Welcome to episode 26. This is the first half of the Art Pays Me Live episode. In the first half of the show, I interviewed Jordan Moore, of course, from Yeti, about how he's been able to work for himself independently as an illustrator, whether he considers himself a fashion designer since a lot of his work ends up on clothes. We talk about how he balances client work versus independent projects and how he promotes his products. We even find out what a quarrelsome yeti is. Check back next week when I release the second half of the show featuring Elana Camille Simovich, where I mispronounce her name for the entire episode. Sheesh. Also, on Sunday, October 20th, myself and many others will be facilitating sessions at Preserve Retreat. If you're interested in connecting with the top bloggers and content creators in Halifax, this is the event you won't want to miss. Hit up blogjamatlantic.ca to register and see who else will be there. Also, on October 26th at 5.30 at the Carlton, I'll be participating in the festival portion of the Halifax Pop Explosion, the nighttime podcast, Momgasm, Optimistically Depressed, and myself will all be recording live episodes of our shows. The event is presented by Atlantic Podcast Summit. With that, let's get into the show. What up, artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity, and you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. So let me see. Oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. Good evening, everybody. Hi, hi. We're just really intimate here because this is how this is how visual artists deal with audio equipment. <laughs> if we can tape it to the floor, we can. Welcome everybody to Art Pays Me podcast live recording presented by the East Coast Creative Collective. I am your hostess with the most this evening, Allison Kay, and I run E3C along with Shannon Ellis, whose lovely face you met coming up in the door, giving you all that candy, get you guys all sugarfied up for this evening. Oh, come on, phone. There we go. So we have an amazing night lined up for you all. E3C, we've been around for seven years and we provide inclusive events for Halifax's visual arts community. So designers, animators, coders, quilters, you name it. We're all about bringing you all together to have a good evening. And tonight is being recorded, so we do ask that you enjoy your food and beverage, but do it quietly. The servers this evening is, thank you, Fox, this evening. A big round of applause for Fox taking care of everyone this evening. So it is bar service, and just tippy-toe, like, do 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 Tippy-toe up, get a little beer, and do 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 Sit back down. Uh, let me see here. So maybe, maybe suggest quiet drinks you might want to purchase tonight, such as beer or wine, and not shaken cocktails. And of course, be sure to stick around the end of the night uh, at around 8 o'clock for our door prize. Every day, we kept getting more for this thing. So it is now um, some Art Pays Me swag, two-year subscription to Visual Arts News. 
we have um, a ticket to blog, uh, blog Jam's new event, the Preserve uh, Retreat. Yes. We have an air freshener, and we have stickers by Trev's? Yeah, Trev Clothing. Trev Clothing. So it's like a $250 prize we won this evening. And uh, also afterwards, there'll be a socializing event with E3C to win gift cards to this fine establishment. Again, the Foggy Goggle, who are hosting us here this evening. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you the man next to me, Dwayne Jones, host of tonight's podcast. Dwayne founded Art Pays Me in 2011 to celebrate that people who use creativity in business, art, and social good. The Art Pays Me podcast is a resource to help creatives use their power to improve their lives and the world by exploring the business strategies of successful creatives. We needed this in Halifax. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing it to Halifax. So a warm round of applause to Dwayne Jones, who's going to lead us into the rest of the evening. Thank you. Yo, this is amazing. This is exactly what I was hoping Art Pays Me could actually do, like bring all these different creative types and different types together. Um, thank you for coming out. I really appreciate it. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. So we've got Allison K Consulting. Uh, we've got Visual Arts News that was mentioned, uh, Glitterati Communications, and we have uh, the Preserve Retreat, and we also have Fraser Photography. That's the gentleman you'll see creeping around taking photos. Make sure you act natural uh, when he comes up on you. So before I want to guess, um, get started. I want to introduce actually our next guest. So that would be Jordan Moore. That would be the first person that I'm interviewing, the quarrelsome Yeti. Where is Jordan? Can we get a round of applause for Jordan, please? Thank you. <laughs> so a lot of us are familiar with your work. I like to think of you as multifaceted in what you do, but I always like people to describe what it is that they actually do. So what is it that you do? Um, well, I'm an illustrator and a printmaker. Uh, I'm primarily a screen printer. I make t-shirts and art prints, and I do some illustration for other businesses as well. Okay. And so your business is called Quarrelsome Yeti. Quarrelsome Yeti. The Quarrelsome Yeti, yeah. That's hard to pronounce, man. Yes, it is. What is that? Um, okay, well, <laughs> it's not a great story. But uh, uh, so I've been in business for about nine years. Uh, and kind of back when I was starting out, I had to have a business name and uh, because I was in a program where part of the program was registering a business name. And uh, at the time, I was selling some T-shirts with uh, kind of a monster Yeti with this duped up like he's ready for an old time fight. And uh, I was kind of trying to bounce names around. And uh, at the time, there were a lot, okay, so I don't want to insult anyone here, but there were a lot of business names where things were shortened or like spaces were taken out of words. And I just wanted to do the absolute opposite of that and just really make it hard on myself. Uh, and just kind of come up with something that was really wordy and sort of sounded like a place. So just the quarrelsome Yeti popped into my head when I was driving one day. And I thought, well, that's good enough. And uh, 
see, it's not a great, it's not a great story, but that's uh, where it came from. So it's kind of random. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, your style is very. I see a lot of detail. It's uh, when it's funny though. You say it, it's it, it's not a great story, but when I look at your style, I think of a yeti. Like I feel like I see hair and things like that, and like all the like weird creature things. Is that something you've always done as like as a creative? Yeah, um, the work I make now is kind of like pretty much the same thing I've done since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I think maybe a little more advanced, but just as silly as it was kind of when I started. Okay, so where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Rossi, New Brunswick, about four hours from here. Okay, and you went to NASCAD, and like, so when you went to NASCAD, did you go there thinking you would graduate and be an illustrator, or did you have like some other aspiration when you went there? Um, I had no aspirations when I went there. Uh, <laughs> when I kind of was in school, I had one interest, and that was art and drawing. So kind of my parents were like, well, you should probably do that because you can't do anything else. Uh, they, they were much more supportive than that, uh, but that's kind of, they were right. Uh, so I went to art school and just kind of, yeah, yeah so no, I didn't have a plan. Mm. And I didn't have a plan when I graduated from art school either. So like literally, but you, I'm getting, you started the business while you were at NASCAD, that was the... the no. No. No, when I finished at NASCAD, I worked as a designer in a sign shop for like three or four years Uh, and kind of at at the same time I was just kind of drawing for fun and uh, I lived I lived around the corner from a place called Inkstorm uh, which is actually just down the street from here uh, on this street and uh, it's a sort of a screen printing collective that had just some printing equipment in there and I had an interest in printmaking so I was just kind of messing around in there for fun for a while, and I had built up just like piles of prints, and uh, from there started selling them at uh, events kind of around the city, like Halifax Crafters. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, while all that was happening, I lost my job, and and just sort of started doing the the business. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, and I follow a lot of different like printmakers and, and people in that industry. Are you influenced by any of those people? Uh, yeah, uh, I think early on there there was a, an art collective from Halifax named Yo called Yo Rodeo. Oh yeah. Um, they're still kind of around. Like I know Seth is making movies now, and Paul moved to Toronto, but. They definitely inspire just knowing that there is someone in the city making something so cool and kind of in a medium that I like to work in was definitely someone who, who inspired me. And then there were a lot of artists who I followed on, on this message board online called gigposters.com. Yeah. Um, where like professional artists and just like people who were messing around all kind of shared resources and kind of talked about art. So that's kind of where I, how I learned how to do printmaking. So what I've found in people 
in that category or that group or whatever, a lot of them seem to put as much importance on the actual print making process as they do as the in, with the illustration and, and the separations as a whole other thing. Are you kind of in that same level? Like, do you really value that process of the actual printmaking? Um, I think that actually the screen printing process really helps me to finish work mm. um, because I like I work digital. I use a tablet. I draw on a Wacom tablet or my iPad now, and that is kind of like infinitely. You know, there's so much you can do with it, but kind of being limited by the printmaking process really helps me kind of rein it in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I really love um, the puzzle, like trying to trying to get a lot out of a limited process. Mm. So screen printing is like basically stencils, so layers of color, one layer over top of another. And you can use things like halftones and transparency kind of overlaying to mix colors, but you have to really kind of figure it out. Right. So I, I came across your one. Well, I'm trying to, I, I'm kind of dating myself here. I, I can't remember if it was pre-Instagram when I first came across you, but uh, <laughs> old dude in the building. Um, I, we, I had my stuff for sale. My, the very first store that carried me was called Fresh Goods. And you had some t-shirts in there, and I bought uh, this lion, it was a yellow t-shirt with a red lion, I still remember it. And I was like, this guy's dope. And like, what I kind of aspired to do with my brand in some ways was what you were doing, but then I kind of fell more into the fashion side. Did you ever figure like, you, do you ever weigh that? Because you have a lot of t-shirts. Do you ever feel like, am I fashion, am I just a, an artist, or am I sort of both, or is that something you think about? Um, sometimes I make a joke and say that I work in the fashion industry, because no, I really don't think that much about fashion. Mm -hmm. I do kind of, when I'm making a t-shirt, it's different than an art print. Like, I look at them as two different things, like I do want a a print on a t-shirt to look good on a body. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really see myself as a fashion designer. I think that maybe that's just a bad soul. Maybe I should think that way, but I don't. Well, you know, that's one of those things that I go back and forth with too, because when I talk to a lot of people, uh, I've done fashion shows, I've done all of that stuff, and people say you're a fashion designer. Then I talk to people who actually do cut and sew, and some of them are like, you're not a fashion designer. <laughs> so I have this like imposter syndrome of not really being a part of that industry. But at the same time, if you look at the way the industry is going with people like Virgil Abloh and, and others, like, they, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more about the concept and the storytelling opposed to what you're actually making physically. So I, I, I'm still juggling with that. I, there's a part of me that really wants to have that credibility before I can really consider myself a fashion designer as well. Um, so you do client work as well as your products? Uh, I do some client work, yes. Okay, do you ever find like that's competing with your product stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky that I've been, I feel like I've been putting enough work out now that when I do get hired for client work, people are hiring me to make the same weird stuff that I make for myself. Yeah. But early on, um, I was doing logo design and, and things like that, that I, it's really not my skill set, but I was taking it on to pay the bills. Uh, 
but you know, as I've kind of been able to cut those things, I have been. So now if you want, I don't, you know, like it sounds sort of snobby, but like if it's a job that I don't think is in my skill set, I just say, I don't think you should hire me. Mm. Or I, what I do, which is a mistake, is I try and overcharge. Mm. So they'll say no. And they say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that too. Yeah, it doesn't it's work. a bad idea. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so ultimately though, like your, your primary focus is the product. That's interesting because I kind of do, I juggle both. I'm doing more client work than I really want to. Uh, and sometimes I'm like, I just got to turn it down and focus because I really want to focus on, on establishing the brand and, and my art practice actually. So uh, I might props to you for doing that. So what's, What's the biggest piece of advice you would give to say an illustrator that's coming through or thinking about pursuing illustration? Because illustration, the illustration industry is kind of in a weird spot, I think. Um, I, I, yeah, and I think maybe kind of for people who live here, it's, it's, a, it's like there's so much, so many illustrators available and yeah. we're in kind of a small market for illustration. Um, I don't know. So I've been thinking about this. Like, what's the best advice to give someone who wants to be an illustrator? And, and I think it's to kind of be aware of what your process is. Mm -hmm. So kind of look back at the work that you're doing and just think about what's working here. Like, which things am I doing that I like that are working in the illustration? Because, like, having a process really makes it easy to get started and to kind of keep on working. Like right. that's kind of the, like just to continue working is really the, uh, the best thing to, to get better at it. Do you, and how much in terms of like the working versus the promotion do you find you have to do? I, I find I spend stupid amounts of time on Instagram. Uh, do you think that that's a big part of the process too? Or for you, is it just more naturally you just post it and they come? Um, no, I think probably promoting it is more important than, unfortunately, than the quality of the work. Uh, just like professionally, like people need to see your work. So either you have to do it yourself or get someone to help you promote it. But like no one's going to hire you if they can't see your work. So make it, show mm -hmm. it to people. I think, I think sometimes it's like, you know, you make a new piece and you're like, well, I want to post this, but I have to have, I have to like write an essay about it or I have to say something important. But normally what I do is just put it up there and say what it is or, or like, it doesn't, you know, it's great if you're a good writer, but show your work to people. I know I've definitely dealt with where I want to post something, but I don't have a cool story behind it and I don't post it. Do you, a lot of people you find have that same issue. Well, I know that I early on would okay. have that, and and uh, I just decided, well, forget it. I'm never. I'm not a great writer. I'm not going to learn how to be a writer. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'll just say whatever I think of. Like sometimes I'll post a picture and just say what it is or yeah. what I'm doing at the time when right. I post it. So so um so what's next for you? What any cool things coming up? Uh well, I'm just kind of starting the. I do a lot of craft shows and events, so. This weekend, I'm heading to Anikanish to do a show called Windfall Handmade. Mm -hmm. uh, next week, I'm going to Moncton. Uh, and then I have, you know, a, about 10 other events between now and Christmas that I'll be 
Pat. How important is like that in-person thing versus just posting stuff on Instagram or online or your website? Uh, it's great for my self-esteem uh, when uh, someone comes by and is like, oh, hey, that's cool. Uh, it makes me feel great. Like, oh, maybe I'll keep doing this now. Uh, yeah. Um, I got a really great... Um, I never, okay. <laughs> I got a really great uh, bit of feedback in uh, in my email today from a Square customer, and they said, um, "Really great entrepreneur, young artists. I hope they survive until they can make a living." Oh wow! <laughs> but you know that, like, that's what I do it for, right? Right. right. <laughs> People who like my work. I mean, uh, without them. Well, Jordan, uh, we always do this part. Where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can find me at Quarrelsome Yeti on Instagram or www.yetifight.com. Okay. All right, so look this man up. Now I want to open it up. If anyone have, has any questions they want to ask of Jordan or myself, this would be a good time. Oh, you have a question. I can repeat it if you want. Um, just wondering if you, like, where it is such a small market with other, other illustrators, if you've ever had somebody, like, come at you and just be like, oh, our styles are similar, and you're copying me, and what you do to sort of, like, get over that when you know that it's not true? So I'll just, I'll repeat that for the recording. So you're basically asking, if uh, it's a small market, you catch people copying you, like yeah, how do you handle? How do you deal with that? How, how, right, so how do you deal with copying? Um, that sounds like a really tough situation. I, I don't think, I, I think, you know, keep working on your own work. Uh, send them an apology, but I wouldn't stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know, like, that's a weird thing to say to someone, you're, you're copying me, yeah. you know? Like we're adults. Everybody, lots of people draw the same stuff. I, I, I think, I, if you, are, have you had that issue? Yeah. Yeah. Hand lettering. Hand lettering. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you writing the same words as other people? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think just keep keep working. Just ignore it. Is that bad advice? What do you? Is that bad advice? <laughs> no, for me, it, it is one of those frustrating things that made me hesitate to even start doing my brand for a long time because I was like, I'm going to put it out, someone's going to think it's dope, and they're going to take it and run with it. And, you know, so far it hasn't happened, but uh, it is, it's, it's just a weird thing. Actually, actually, I got to say, there are twice this has happened, I've designed something that someone did completely unrelated. They did, had the exact same concept. And they came to me, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I didn't see your work. So it, it, it's one of those awkward things, but I, I agree with Jordan, just keep working. That's, that's the best thing about what we do. We create IP, we, we create new ideas that can keep, keep us down. Um, any other questions?
So the question was, does Jordan start on paper or go straight to the iPad? Um, it sort of depends where I am at the time. Like, like the iPad, not, not to be an, to advertise for it, it's pretty great now. You can just sketch on it like you would sketch in a sketchbook. For me, like, I think to get started, I need to make a lot of really bad drawings quickly. So I start in a sketchbook unless I just don't have one with me. So I, it's nice to be able to work wherever you are. But, uh, you know, what, however you need to start, I guess. Like, but I, I normally start with a sketch, but it goes digital pretty quickly, especially with client work, because it's so much easier to change because there's always a lot of changes that have to happen. Do you work quickly? No. no. I work. I work. That's why I don't do a lot of client work, I think. Like, I tend to noodle around, and, and uh, I get, usually get to a point where I just say, good enough. You need to move on to the next thing. Because, you know, you always feel like this could be better. But I would just like to take the parts of that piece and take it on to the next one. Like, everything, you know, the next one will be better. And maybe it will be, but, you know, who knows. All right, any other questions? Thank you, Paul. Oh, we got another question. Um, so you're saying that you started selling at the Halifax Crafters Market. Like, did you have an idea that your stuff would do well there, or did you just kind of like go on a wing and prayer and hope for the best kind of thing? So the question is, did Jordan grow a following before he went to Halifax Crafters or other crafting places? Um, well, when I started at Halifax Crafters, it was 10 years ago, and it was just starting. Like, it was a small show. So I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I have all this stuff, and I saw a poster on a lamppost, and I thought, well, maybe I can sell it at this thing. So no, I didn't have a following. Nobody knew who I was, but um, I loved the event, like doing those kinds of events, like being uh, at a around a bunch of other people who are in a similar situation or who are making stuff was so, like, it's a great environment to be in. It's really encouraging. But no, nobody knew who I was. I don't mean, most people don't now. <laughs> this guy always hiding. <laughs> uh, oh, we have a question. Yeah. I happen to know that you have helped other screen printing artists get started. Can you talk a bit when you got to the point where you felt comfortable not mentoring but helping other people to the point where you go from doing my thing to feeling like you actually want to help grow the community and like what was that experience like for you? Um, well, when I started, I didn't have a place to work and, and uh, Inkstorm was a great place to start and when I started my business, I had a really great mentor who just offered me, her, her name's Eleanor Curie, uh, her studio space and kind of mentored me to start. And so like, I wouldn't be doing this if people didn't help me. And it's kind of always been part of my goal to be able to kind of, you know, I, in the long term, I'd love to be able to offer a space for other artists to work. But, um, and like even the gig posters thing, like people shared their knowledge with me. So if you ask me about printmaking, uh, I'll probably talk to you too much. Uh, like I, I like to share to share my knowledge about it. Yeah. I might have to hit you up because I actually want to learn more. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I forgot to bring up: you were nominated for a Juno, right? Uh, 
Yeah, there is. Uh, yes. This yeah. Guy. <laughs> yes, own it. Uh, so how did that feel? Uh, it was pretty cool. It was a, a really, like, the project I worked on was called Crossworlds. Um, it was by a, a musician named Joshua Van Tassel. It was sort of an ambient soundtrack to a short story uh, by an author named Jordan Crute. And uh, I got to illustrate it, and I did the, like, the graphic design for it. And um, Joshua submitted it to the Junos, and we got nominated. And uh, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was a pretty cool experience. My mom loved it, and my dad was really excited. It was great. Cool. Any other questions? Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know if I could say just a single. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if, if Tony Mitchell is, uh, has ever come out to these things, but he's a really incredible artist. Um, Jordan Beauchamp, I think they maybe work at the same place. There's like animation studios here. There are so many. Uh, uh, Brock Hoffer. Maybe I'll just talk about local artists because it's just like this city is filled with really talented artists. Uh, man, I, I gotta come up with some more now. Uh, well, Allison is an amazing artist right here. Dwayne, like, uh, is that enough? Or, oh, you know what? There's a guy named Aaron Horky who, who's like a genius. He's insane. And uh, and I'm just obsessed. I I kind of that's maybe what got me into collecting art like prints and screen printing who who I love and you should know about it. like he's incredible yeah he's from Minnesota I love Aaron Horky's work too crazy anyone else questions I just wondered how long before like once you started how long before you started successfully selling and, and people started paying attention that kind of thing how long did it take um uh, you know, I, I probably was doing it professionally for a while before. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, honestly, right now, I just now feel like I'm do doing okay. But, like, you know, I've been paying the bills for nine years. So, like, early on, uh, I don't have a, I don't know, I don't have a great answer for that. Like, I, I, I still don't feel... I still don't feel the confidence that I'd like to feel in my own work, but I kind of think that that may happen, like, you know, just before I die. <laughs> I feel that. Um, actually, I have a question based on that. Have you done, are you doing something differently than you did back then that you feel has been a difference maker in terms of your success? Um, probably so many things oh. like pretty much everything I I did I did wrong the first time uh, I, I can't think of a of one single thing that I'm doing differently like um, I'm, I'm sorry no <laughs> I, it, I, I get it it's, yeah. there's so many different things yeah. in, in the and your business right yeah. you're like there's one thing to just make stuff for fun, but there's another thing to like make it, figure out a way to get people to buy it, and then how do you repeat that process again and again? And 
like sometimes I talk to my wife, she's like, oh, are you done? I'm like, well, technically I can never be done because there's always a update my website, post on this site, post on that site, email this person, yeah. contact. So there's so many things you could always do. Um, yeah, there's a feeling that I used to have, well, this is something that maybe is good advice, a feeling that I used to have, like if I just get this job finished, I just need to get this one job finished, but that's not true. Like there's always another thing. So just ignore that voice, you know, like keep your plans or however you need to keep working, but like there's always gonna be another thing that you're gonna wanna work on. Uh, so, you know, just get, fall in love with the process of it. Because mm -hmm. it, it is fun, like it's a fun way to make a living. It's mm -hmm. super stressful all the time, but uh, <laughs> it's also fun. <laughs> All right, one more question. You good? All right, thank you, Jordan. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Dwayne. I, I think this is a great podcast and the city needs it. Thank you, I appreciate it. And that, commute, that space you're talking about, I really think something like yeah, that I'm needs to exist it, yeah. as well. So yeah, let's, let's do that. I, I would love to see it. Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at artpaysme.com or at artpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.